Welcome to What's Happening in 40K. Your daily dose of all things Warhammer 40,000. Each day, Monday through Friday, we explore the Warhammer 40,000 tournament scene. And bring you the latest news, updates, and opinions. So, whether you're a seasoned veteran or a newcomer to the hobby, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us as we delve into the world of 40K. Here's your host, Mufasa. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode. Today, we revitalize our ailing segment, Bets On. Bets On was one of our favorite segments prior to the podcast going on hiatus, and it was one of your guys' favorite segments too, proving to be one of our more popular episodes. So to reintroduce it, or for anyone who's not listened before, Bets On is effectively a betting show for Warhammer 40k, where we go through the biggest event of the weekend, which is our own Leeds Super Major, and we give some of the favorites some betting odds. And to do so, I am joined by professional bookmaker for 15 plus years, George White. George, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you, Zach. Thanks for having me. You're not Sorry. getting arrested? It sounds like the coppers are, are, are arriving at your door this second. Yeah, let me shut the window. There you go. Sorry about that. All right. Well, while George shuts the window, I will reintroduce what we're going to do. So previously, what we did is we went through the rankings of the players that we thought were going to be potential winners of the event and gave them some odds. At the end of the episode, me and George both make our bets and we work out over time who is the best sports betting analyst i guess of 40k so we've done a couple episodes of this before it was a long time ago now so we're going to scrap our previous debts to the bookmaker and we're going to start again so me and george both start off this segment with 100 pounds and by the end of the episode we will place those bets along with doing some analysis next week to see who ends up with more cash in their pockets so george we uh, are going to go through Leeds this weekend. Leeds is a 200-ish player super major, seven rounds where everyone plays five rounds and then the top four go into a semi-final and then a final round. So seven rounds total, 200-ish players. Before we get into the odds, why don't you give everyone a little bit of background about how a bookmaker does his job? How do you go about making odds for sporting events such as the Leeds super major? So when when a bookmaker does like actually like price up a load of let's say horse, horses for example, <clears throat> it's not always the the best horse that's the favourite. So it's normally the popular choice. For example, the Tory who's a who's a known jockey might not be on actually the best horse, but what the bookies know is that everyone is going to bet on him because he's the popular choice. So what that means is if he wins, the bookie's going to lose a lot of money. So genuinely, the popular choice is the one that's the favourite, which is the lowest odds. Um, that's how it normally works. So just because someone's the favour doesn't necessarily mean they're the best. But what it would mean is that they're the the one that the most money is going to go on. And of if course, the bookie is there to try to make a profit, of course. So he's trying to entice betting. And in this case, obviously, on the, as you say, the most popular choice. So we'll get to, quote unquote, the most popular choice later in the show and we're going to go in reverse rankings so we'll start off with the i guess you call them outside bets those are 18 to 1 21 20 to 1 ish so for example if i put 10 quid on a 20 to 1 how much would i win george oh you'd win 200 pounds so take home is 210 total yeah 210 plus your tenner back yeah yeah all right so in our outside odds we've got ben crother 18 to 1 
Norbert Flasco, 18 to 1, Chris Radford, 20 to 1, Kyle Grande, 20 to 1, and Neil Roberts, 20 to 1. So, George, why don't we just start off by giving you, uh, the listeners a quick overview of why we gave these people these odds? So, um, obviously, the, the three at 20 to 1 were my, I wanted to put three factions in that were kind of off the meta. Um, like Neil, Carl, and Chris are all very, very good players. Um, and after of their ability, you have to show them a little bit of respect because they're, they're good at the game. However, they're not playing an army that I, I respect as much as their ability. So which is why I've made them all at 20 to 1 as an outside bet because of the factions they're using, Death Watch, Tau and World Eaters. So I think it would be a bit of a shock if one of the three of these players actually win the event. But they could get lucky with some draws and go 5 and no, sure. But I can't see them getting through the final cut if that was to happen and they got lucky. So that's why they're an outside bet of 20 to 1. All right. So an outside bet, obviously, Kaya, we can assume, is playing Tau and Neil Robertson, having recently won Best Painted with his World Eaters. So maybe 20 to 1 would be, you know, actually pretty good odds if we were talking about winning Best Painted this weekend. But of course, we're not. We're talking about the gaming results. Chris Radford, currently ranked 13th in the world. So 20 to 1 with Death Watch. Death Watch may be a sleeper faction currently in this edition. So, you know, that could be a great bet for somebody who's looking to put some money on a top player with a faction that maybe is being underrated at the moment. And I think he's the only one that's uh, representing this new Ignite team as well. All the other guys have uh, missed out on this Leeds event. So a bit of pressure for Chris there that he has to uh, do well in this very competitive team, you know, um, as as that's what the team is, right? They're there to, to win tournaments. Indeed. Uh, and well, he, he and is he's the only one representing them. So interesting. Exactly. And he is ranked 13th in the world, as I said. So being that most of the other Brits who are ranked above him in the world rankings at the moment are not coming this weekend, uh, we'll get on to one of those who is coming later on. But, you know, for example, you know, Manny, who's running, who's winning the uh, event, the ITC at the moment, not in attendance. It's neither is Vic, neither is Dave. So, you know, these players that may be vying for the top spot in the world, Chris is going to make a march on them because this score, you know, being one of our big super majors is definitely going to count towards his global ranking score. So good luck to Chris and we shall move on to the 18 to 1s. So these guys, you've given slightly better odds than the three we just spoke about, but both of them are perhaps new names to our listeners. We've got ben I don't Deborah. know yet. I've never heard of these players, but um, when I was going through some of the genes to the cult lists um, uh, with, with one of my one of my friends, I was going through them. And Norbert Flasco, he's got a very, very efficient damage list that can really go into, you know, if it gets in, it can really do some serious damage. Um, very good, very good army list. I've never heard of Norbert Flasco, whether that's a cover name and it's actually Innis or someone like that. It wouldn't surprise me because of how good his list is on, on the damage output. And then as for Ben uh, Crofer, I think his name is Ben Crofer. <clears throat> he has a very interesting list with Earthshakers. Scout Sentinels. Um, it could be tricky, though, into the Elder with, with, with these Earthshakers and that because um, some of the carriages will be hitting on sixes into the Elder, so it could be a hard one for Ben. Uh, Norbert's definitely more prepared for the Elder matchup. Now, Genes the Colts have recently just been nerfed with the, with the nerf to the blip, um, which is apparently is a big, big deal. So it's why they're not, they're not no longer top of the meta. They've dropped just below Elder now. So I've given these two outside names, both 18 to 1, because I don't know who they are, but their lists are both solid in their own way. 
Interesting. So a different approach to the 20 to ones where we gave well-known top players with bad factions a, uh, a an outside chance. These two gentlemen have an outside chance because they have very strong factions and, you know, they are potentially an unknown force in a 40k. So before we get on to Chris Patterson, who's next up, we uh, will do a quick little uh, detour into the uh, UKTC rankings because I have them uh, open on a separate tab in front of me, and I will see if we have a ranking for Ben Crother and uh, Norbert. If you bear with me one moment, we will hopefully be able to tell you how good these players have been over the course of the season. And of course, uh, I believe Ben Crother is a is a regular player. His name does um, come to mind. When we think, when I when I look over my spreadsheets and stuff, because obviously we have a lot of mm-hmm. registration spreadsheets and that, that we always have to go through, and uh, certain names stick out. Uh, now, unfortunately, the uh, tab I've got open with BCP rankings is glitching on me right now, and most of you won't be surprised to hear that. Um, so I can't actually report on their rankings right now, but maybe we can come back to that later in the episode. All right, George, moving on to our next ranked player. Chris Patterson. Now, Chris, you have given a ranking, or or not ranking, at odds of 14 to 1. Chris is coming straight off a tournament victory this weekend. We featured him earlier this week in our episode. So tell us a little bit about why Chris Patterson is there at 14 to 1. Well, his his list is it's interesting. It's got he's got a mixed bag sort of elder list. Um he's actually brought some extra bright lances uh, to your normal elder list. He has one spinner, um, which I, I believe spinners are key for the mirror match. And he has one. I would like to see two or three, to be honest with you. But one is better than none. And a lot of these elder lists today don't have any spinners at all. But he's gone for like the Vipers, which is interesting, which I've not seen much of any of these elder lists recently. With some extra Bright Lances there. And the Warwalkers as well with Bright Lances there. So he's just brought he's just brought in there. Obviously, he's got the normal water spiders who are fantastic. The Incarn, <clears throat> and obviously every single elder list has the Wraith Knight in it. No one has opted not to take the Wraith Knight. Everyone so, attended. Uh, so Chris is in there. He's got the strongest faction at the moment, and he's teched a little bit for the mirror match. So we've given Chris a fourteen to one based on the strengths that come with that. You know, there's a lot of Eldari here. Tomorrow we'll be doing a full faction breakdown of all the different factions in attendance, as well as some insight into the stats of all the different lists. And unsurprisingly, Eldar is a very popular faction at this event. So Chris there with a 14 to 1, and I've got an update for you on Ben Crother. So going back to Big Ben, he is either ranked 800th in the country or 1583. There's actually two Ben Crothers competing currently in UKTC. Now both of those have only got 3 out of 6 and 2 out of 6 scores, so that will be why they have a relatively low ranking. So best of luck to Ben, and we'll try and provide an update on Norbert in a moment as well. But first, let's move on to our next ranked player. We have Adam Lane, a well-known face on the scene with 12 to 1. Tell us a little bit about why Adam has a 12 to 1. Uh, well, Adam, I've always had him um, in amongst my you know, my top 10 list or top 12 list of the last bets on that we've done. And he, he seems to have always, he's been chasing the meta armies hard um, in recent times. Like he's used, you know, Admic when they were at, when they were at the top of their game. He's used Necrons when they were at the top. He's used Dark Angels when they're at the top. Now he's on Elder while they're at the top. So he is really chasing the meta, and he's probably been a bit unlucky in the previous events. 
Um, and I think he could be a danger. He could be a good outside bet here. His list is solid. Um, and he's gone. And again, like I said, he's really, really going for it with, you know, using all these different factions and, you know, trying to have like the strongest and get an advantage over his opponents with these strong meta armies. Yeah, we very often see Adam going 4-1 and one with his loss coming in either Game 3 or Game 4 when he gets paired into one of the top players who maybe ends up going on to get into the finals. So, uh, yeah, Adam has a history of performing fairly well but just getting pipped to the post. And one theme that is definitely prevalent at the Leeds Super Major this weekend is that because of the imminent WTC, a large number of those quote, top players are not here. So this is really a wide open field for anyone who wants to come along and potentially, you know, make it to the semifinals and finals. And there are a couple of spots left. So if anyone hasn't got a ticket and wants a late entrance, they can email in and we can hopefully sort them out. So good luck to Adam. That's something I'm definitely considering as maybe somewhere I might put a bit of my £100. And yeah, I just think have... he needs a bit of luck with the draws in game four and five and he could go all the way. He, just, he could very know, easily, you know? yes. Yeah. All right, so on to an Eldar specialist. I'm going to guess he's playing Eldar again. How come you have Ben Jones ranked 10 to 1? Um, well, Tenny, he's, Ben's another one like Adam. He just kind of, I think he's gone 5-0 a couple of times, but he's just missed out on the cut or he's got in the cut and lost. I don't know. I don't think he's won the Super yet, but he's always in the mix and does well. So that's why I've sort of priced him up in the, in the middle of my, you know, my top 15 players. <clears throat> looking at his list, I'm actually surprised he had no Enkarn. I think the Enkarn's a fantastic uh, tool for any older army. And where we all know Ben was using Yanari for a long period in the last edition. So not having the Enkarn was a, a big surprise when I looked at his list. I thought this is going to be predictable when I looked, when I um, opened up Ben's uh, list for the first time. And then it surprised me, no Enkarn. So he has double Wraith Knight, so I presume that he thinks double Wraith Knight um, he doesn't have a lot of points left over once you you know you take two of them for the Encarn to fit in. So, okay, so he's, he's got, got the big ten boy. Rafe, yeah, two big boys and a Wraith Guard. So obviously he's going to be very dangerous. Double Wraith Knight is is a very good list. Mm. But I'd like to see the Encarn in there as well. But there you go. That's my opinion. Let's see how he goes. Yeah. Yes, and we shall get on to a player who's become notorious for his Yinkan use later on. But before we get to there, we have Beth Taylor with 8-1. to one. Beth, I believe, our highest rated northerner for this event. So why don't you give us a little bit of a rundown about why Beth is ahead of the southerner Ben Jones. Ben, obviously, a south coast. I really like uh, Beth's list, actually. Um I'm playing Cal Space Marines, and I believe Beth's list is a better version of mine. It's actually the list similar to what I actually wanted to take, but um, I couldn't get the models in time, so I had to make do with the, you know, the Obliterator spam rather than all the cultist spam. So when I when I when I opened up Beth's um, list, I was actually my eyes lit up and said, "Wow, that that is it's very very good." I hope Beth knows how to actually use it, and and uh, um, it's been practiced by Beth, but. We'll have to see, but I, I might actually put a little cheeky 20-25 on Beth because obviously Beth is using my faction as well, Chaos Space Marine, so I want it to do well. Interesting. So we're treating Beth as a proxy for George. If he had all the models that he needed to play, we're giving you an 8-1, to one, are we, George? Yeah, if I had my army, I think I would be around 8-1, to one, honestly, if I had all the models that I needed to, to do well. But um, I think I could still surprise a few people. I put myself just out. I didn't want to put myself in the in the in the pricing anyway. But if honestly, if I did, I'd put myself up with like Neil, Carl, and Chris. 
on a 20 to 1 scale. As okay. like an off our sort of, you know, army which I practiced with. So I should do I should do okay. I should be fine, but I don't think I'll win it by any All means. Right. You heard you heard it here first, folks. George giving himself a twenty to one while Beth with an identical army gets an eight to one. So we all know who's the best. Not identical, not to me, big dog if I here. Me, I would be eight to one. Yeah, that's what I was saying. But with my current list I'd be twenty to one. Uh, okay, I believe okay, I'd okay. be about eight to one if I had best the same as same as All Beth. right. Well before we get into some of those regular top players that we've covered many times on this show before we have John Swallow. John it is a five to one favourite. So tell us a little bit about John and five to one. Right, so the reason why John is uh, one of one of my, you know, top five players, I think we're into the top five now, five to one. Um, he won the North East Open last week, went five and zero. Oh. So he's just come off the back of winning winning a major, or I don't know how many players it was at the North East Open, but it's a fairly big tournament as far as I know. Um, so after that, he's obviously got experience with this list and with this elder army, and he's bringing it to Leeds. So I believe John will be a dangerous a dangerous player and he'd be full of confidence after winning the last tournament that he was attending at. So I had to respect him as a player and put him at five to one. Interesting, interesting. Well, congratulations on that win, John, and best of luck this weekend. Before we get into our top four, I do have an update on Mr. Flasco. Uh, Norbert is uh, not in this playing under a pseudonym. He is indeed his own person. So best of luck to you, Norbert. All oh, right. He, he has a uh, relatively low score in the UK to see at the moment, having only competed in two events so far. However, one of those events was Clan Wars up in Scotland. So he may not be in us, but I'm sure they are buddies or at least friends. Or he's so, got his list for him because his list is very good. So someone uh, may have helped him or maybe he's just a good list writer. I don't know. Perhaps, but his list perhaps. is good. All right. So moving in to our top four. Uh, four to one in fourth place, we have Malik, and we will do him at the same time as our third place with three to one, Alex Petford. Now, both of these names are familiar to most of you listeners. Is this the battle for Dice Down Captaincy, George? Tell us a little bit more about why you've ranked Alex ahead of Malik and given these two guys three to one and four to one, respectively. Yeah, so so the thing with Malik, I think the, the, the recent nerf to the blip with the Gene C, the Colt, um, has obviously hit him, knocked him off the favorite spot. I would have, he probably would have been my favourite if this, this tournament was like two weeks ago uh, when uh, Agency the Colt won the last, was it the London Open? I believe Correct. it won it. Yeah, but uh, apparently it's such a big deal that this, this nerf's come in. So apparently Elder edge it now. And the reason why I put Alex slightly in front of him is because I rate Alex's list as the best list that's attending Leeds. Um, we all sort of chipped in and kind of helped him write it um, at Dice Down. And I just think it's going to be super efficient into the mirror. Triple spinners, that's no joke. You know, um, the only downside for Alex and the reason why he's not my actual favourite, even though he's a good player and he's because he's going to be staying with me and I'm probably going to get him drunk at some point over the weekend. So um, that can't be good for his, uh, if he's going to going to trying to do the 7-0. and His chances um, to win, no. So you heard it here, guys. If you want a chance to win, don't stay with George. You will go down in the rankings for sure. But best of luck to Alex with his hangover and best of luck with Malik and what's going to be surely a weekend full of dancing and celebrations as he comes in fourth. Or I think Malik will be stronger at the LGT. I don't know if his list is the, he's missing a few models or he said his list is not fully optimal to how he would want it. So I think that he will build it towards and, and go for the LGT more than, than this one. But he's still a big danger. He's still four to one and he'll know what he's doing. 
but that's why he's not my favourite and he's dropped down a bit. Okay. All right. Well, I mentioned that that was a battle for Dice Down Captaincy, but of course, Dice Down has a new member with Clementine. So Clement is five to one, our second favorite, and is a new member of Dice Down, an Eldar aficionado, and notorious for his use of the Incarn. So tell us a little bit about Clem and why we've got him as five to two. Five to two, yeah. So he's the second favourite. Now Clement has a lot of experience with this elder list. He's played he's played more games than than a lot of people that I know so far, and I believe he's only lost one, and that was to Boris in a very tight affair at the London Open. That's the only game that he's lost so far, and he he made a little bit of a blunder in turn three or four, which cost him that game, um, which I don't believe he repeat that. So he's he's definitely the second favourite for me, and. He's the guy that I believe will um, do the best from the Dice Down crew. Even though I had three Dice Down players in the top five, uh, Clem is the one that I think my money may actually go on, to be honest. But we'll Well, if we look at him as the most practiced of the Eldari faction specialists versus, say, Malek, who is a faction specialist nowadays with his GSC, Eldar are slightly better faction, judging by the data that we went through earlier this week. And uh, if you tune in again tomorrow, we'll be going through some of the data from this upcoming tournament as well with regards to factions and player rankings and who's chosen what and why. But we have to get through our favorite for this event first. This gentleman is by far the highest ranked player in attendance, fifth in the world currently and fifth in the UK by UKTC rankings. He is a surprise on the roster as he is going to have a busy weekend the following weekend at WTC. We have in first place with a two to one ranking, Josh Roberts. So before we wish him good luck and the whole of Team England at the WTC, tell us a little bit about why Josh is two to one favorite. Well, we, we obviously know he's done well recently. He's the highest ranked player as you just mentioned. But more importantly, that him actually coming to this tournament shows to me that he's going to take this very seriously. He's here. He's here to win. He might have seen an opportunity at this Super where a lot of the big players are missing, like Manny, uh, etc., Vic, you know, and a few of the others. Um, so he's seen this as an opportunity. And what gives it away that he's really going for this is that he's not even taking his WTC list with him. So if it was me, for example, when I was at WTC next week, I would 100% be using my WTC list point for point to just get more practice with it and to go through it where he hasn't he hasn't looked at it like that. He's just like, no, I'm here to win. My my WTC list is not as good as my, you know, this elder army that, I, that Manny will be using in my team. So I'm going to basically take Manny's list to this Leeds and I'm going to win Leeds. That's, that's, the, that's what it looks like to me anyway. And it's almost identical to Manny's. Uh, team list. I think there's a Wraith Guard unit um, instead of something else. That's the only difference. I think Josh's list is actually better than Manny's. So that's why I've, I've had to put him as favourite for this one. Interesting. And if we imagine then that Alex gets through to the final or semi-finals and has to play Josh, you mentioned those three night spinners that Alex has teched into his list. If they come head-to-head, how would these odds change? What do you give each of these players the odds in the head-to-head? Um, so I, I, I like, I really do. I really like Alex's list. Obviously the free spinners I think is, is great. And Josh has gone through a more like super heavy kind of list where he's got, he's got the Encarn, he's got double Wraith Knight, he's got an avatar. He's got like loads of big things, you know, um, in that list, which was, which is interesting. Um, and I'm sure he knows how to play it. 
uh, well. So my I would say advantage Alex in that in that matchup. If Josh avoids Alex, I think Josh. I don't think there's many here that can beat him. But Alex is the man that can take him down. Interesting. So with that assertion made, we move on to our bets. So George, you got £100 to spend. I mentioned earlier that we are wiping our debts clean with our previous season's bookie, and we are starting from scratch. So with your £100, how are you going to place your bets? So I'm going to have 50 on Clement. Okay. £50 on Clement, and that's at 5-2, to two, so that will return me... Uh, not a lot, actually. <laughs> but uh, what's that? Two to one. So hold on. And then I'm going to do 25. I'll tell you the returns in a minute. I'm going to do 25 on Beth. And I'm going to do 25 on Alex. All right. So you're trying to sort of hedge your risks here. You know, you've got a couple of... Yeah, I think clearly five to two, isn't it? I did give him five to two. So yeah, 50 will be 175 return, including my money. Seems like pretty good odds. Yeah, um, I fancy I fancy Clement um, and Alex twenty five at three to one, so that's a hundred back. So that's my money back. So that's a saviour bet, um, money back where I don't win or lose. And then obviously the other twenty five is on Beth. Interesting. At eight to one. So what we learned from our previous couple of episodes was that uh, we both tend to not be very good at this. I think we both ended up in the hole quite substantially. So I am going yeah, to... I pulled some of it with Harrison, I think, didn't I, and Manny? I think I got some of it back, but we did lose at the start. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we ended up you know, owing, owing, owing some some people who might break our kneecaps. Well, but I'm interested we, to hear who you think. Yeah, so who do you think, Zach? That's so just... I'm going for a similar tactic to you. I'm going to put 25 on Alex, again, because I'm just sort of hedging my risk a little bit. I think he's relatively good chance into the mirror. But somebody, a wise man, once told me uh, it's better to win a little bit of money on somebody who's likely to win than to lose all your money on the outside chance. So I'm going to put the remainder of my 75 onto Josh. I think you're right. He's the most experienced player by far at the, at the event. He's got the best track record, even though you know Malik has won the LGT and blah, blah, blah. Josh has won yeah. events for a decade. So I think Josh on a 2 to one Yeah, 2 to five back for Josh yeah. if he wins it. Yeah. So best of luck to everyone we've covered today and, of course, to everyone else throughout the field. As I've mentioned a couple of times, we are going to do an episode tomorrow where we go through the rankings for all, all the players in attendance and the faction choices and see some statistical correlations there to see who's choosing which faction, see what's similar about the list choices and all that sort of stuff. So that's going to be a new, hopefully regular episode that we'll do every time we're in the run-up to a Super Major and uh, we'll see how it goes. So tune in tomorrow for that. And of course, we have the LGT right around the corner. We're just less than two months to go now. And the most of September is going to be built around producing content like this, covering the run-up to the LGT. So if you haven't got your ticket yet for that, please make sure you get one because we are going to try to do as much pre-event coverage as possible. And the more people that have tickets in advance of that coverage commencing, the better it will be. So LGT tickets are currently available from lgtpresents.co.uk and that will be the finale of the UKTC season. So if you've heard us talking about rankings a lot today, that season ranking will come to an end at the LGT and then we jump straight into next season with Coventry in November 
Leicester in December and Nottingham, of course, in January. But we also have some team events right around the corner with the ITT launching this Friday at 2 p.m. The ITT is a 500-player event this year with 105 player teams. It's the largest team event in the country and is growing every year. It's sold out the last two years at 320 players. So if you want to get tickets to that, they go on sale at 2 p.m. this Friday from UKTC dot events george thank you so much for coming on you are of course playing this weekend so good luck as well thank you yeah thanks for having me on as well thank you for tuning in to what's happening in 40k we hope you've enjoyed the show we'd also really appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and recommending us to all your gaming buddies and of course Don't forget to subscribe for more great content from What's Happening in 40K. We'll be back next time with even more news, updates, and opinions from the world of Warhammer 40,000. Until next time, thanks for listening.